Welcome to The Ziggler Show, where we inspire your true performance. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and today we are talking about reality. Your reality, my reality. Is it real? Or is it only as you perceive it and you can alter it right now? Are you limiting yourself and merely need a paradigm shift to dramatically catapult your life for the better in a short amount of time? This is a somewhat of a continuation of show 524, where we listen to a clip from Zig Ziglar on our true potential. You can go back and listen to that and how he showcases the potential we have in us, but it has to be brought forward and refined in order to for us to get the results from it. So if you missed that, go listen to show 524 and the short message. I think it was about two minutes that he had there because coming from that same message, I then asked people on Facebook at my agent K Miller, Facebook page, do you believe reality is in fact real Uh, that it's concrete and black and white, or do you believe reality is what we make of it? If our reality today is what we believe about ourselves, but the truth is we have potential inside us that could be tapped then we may still be the same person, kind of the same reality, but it can be questioned in regards to, is that it? Or can there be more? Is it just what we perceive it to be? Are we just what we perceive it to be? Uh, Of course, we got great comments and Michelle Prince and I walked through those and talked and came out with some stuff from people, what people posted that I had never contemplated. So it was a really insightful discussion and insightful for my own well-being, my own look at reality and the self-limitations that I put on myself. So I think you'll get a lot out of this. All right, we've got a great sponsor of today's show right here. All right, then, folks, let's dive into this question of reality. Okay, Michelle, well, we got a variety of responses. I think it's, you know, when you break it down, it's a similar thread, but it goes some different directions. So we're just going to take it as it comes on this question, if you're ready. I'm ready. All right. Well, Wendy says, start off, I believe fact is fact. Most things are concrete, black and white, especially if one lives by biblical principles. However, she added uh, another comment after reading this from Ashley. And Ashley says, I firmly believe that life is not black and white. Empathy allows us to see the gray in things where even if we don't agree with someone's choices, if we can empathize, we see there are so many facets of it all. I remember how my black and white judgments on people were great until it became personal, until I saw the controversial issues in people I loved, cared about, and wanted to understand. And I recognize that the black and white judgments we bring, especially when cloaked in religion, become more of a divider than a uniter. Wars are fought over black and white. People connect when we allow the gray in and we realize the humanity in us all. I agree with uh, Jerry. Jerry, uh, so Jerry, in his his comments coming up next. Uh, so much of life is what we choose to make of it. I can bring up every controversial black and white conservative issue and see both sides. When we put ourselves in another's shoes and empathize, we start to bridge the divide and see that love doesn't segregate by black and white. So after she said that, Wendy comes back and says, okay, I'll add based upon what Ashley said, because she had valid points, I will clarify that while I do believe everything is black and white, the gray matter that connects everything is called love. 
We are called to love like Christ loves, even though my biblical worldview is very black and white. It does not give me a right to hate, be self-righteous, prideful, religious, like a Pharisee. Love is what binds us, uh, binds everyone together. So I know that was a lot. Um, that is a lot. Wow. A lot of different views, a lot of different, uh, both, both sides of the coin. Well, it is. And obviously, you know, my perspective in posting the question was thinking about our own reality, but this is talking about the reality of others and, uh, accepting that. Uh, well, let's talk about the gray. Uh, mm-hmm. and I did, I, I do naturally and, and really came from a desire to know black and white. I think we all want to, I want to know, Hey, what is the best decision, the healthiest decision? And that's going to be my black and white. And if a carrot is a raw carrot is better than, uh, you know, physically healthily better than a pop tart, then that's black and white, right? Well, <laughs> I'm not going to go off on that one, but you know, <laughs> but, but you want to do that, don't we? I mean, here we are, this is a personal development world. We want to figure out what's the best decision, what is better, what is worse and, and go on that. But this aspect of gray, especially when it comes to faith and beliefs and reality and perspective, I would say I have come to embrace or highly consider the gray, even though I don't like, I wish it was black and white. You know, when what Ashley said, I, I I tend to to lean a little bit more toward what she said because, yes, and I agree with you. We do want to try to make things black and white, but really, life is not black and white in in everything. Now, certain things, yes, but but look, what's right to me may not be right to you. So my black might might not be your black. And I learned the phrase when I was in sixth grade from my sixth grade history teacher that it goes different strokes for different folks. Meaning, what's right for me is not going to be right for you. And I I feel like in certain topics, and we're not going to get all political here, but in politics and religion and in certain topics, we get so hung up on our side of the discussion that we can't see that there might be another way. Or uh, I I tend to, and maybe this is a cop out, but but it's just my personality. I tend to go more toward the gray because if you sit down, if I sit down with two different people and one person has this viewpoint, they're black and the other person has the viewpoint that, you know, the other side, I can see both sides and I can understand Mm -hmm. where they're coming from. I don't necessarily have to agree with both, but, but my point is, is just because you feel that you're right does not mean you're right for everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And Okay. Well, I was going to say something, but uh, you know what? Let me go ahead and reference because since Ashley did, these three people all reference each other. She, she referenced uh, Jerry. Let me read what he wrote too. She said, or he said, it is absolutely what we make of it. On the surface, it seems humans are similar. Beneath the surface, we are vastly different. There is the loving person who accepts everyone, the miserable person whose life is good, but he can't see it. Our reactions determine our experiences of life. Let the facts be what they are. Uh, let the facts be what they are. Victor Frankl explains the ex- this extremely well in his book, Man's Search for Meaning. Uh, folks, if you don't know that book, it's one that my dad gave me as a youngster. Uh, and it, if I sum it up, it's a guy, he's in a concentration camp, it's horrific, and he finally deemed, and I'm paraphrasing here, Michelle, that he the only thing he could control was his mind, his beliefs, his convictions, his resolves, etc. And so when we're when we look at this topic, is reality real? I mean, ultimately the point for all of us and the point for the discussion today is, is our reality as we see it, 
is it it black and white and 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 obviously looking at is it limiting us and that's where we want to hit it yeah one thing that comes to mind and and this is something I talk about when I talk on the the topic of beliefs and and the core beliefs that we hold on to and our thoughts and how that really drives so much of our decisions. And the example I always give is, let's say you were raised in a family that your whole family believed that the earth was flat. I mean, they were adamant about it. That's from birth. That's all they talked about. Your aunts, your uncles, your friends, your cousins, everybody, everybody was in agreement that the earth was flat. And then you find yourself years later in a conversation with another group of people and they're saying, what are you talking about? Of course, the earth isn't flat. It was proven that it's not flat. Like, how could you believe that? But yet that person was so sure, so sure that that was, that was reality, that it was flat. Just because we believe it doesn't necessarily mean it's true. And I really, I had the same experience in my, my faith walk. Let's just put it this way. I thought I understood how things worked when I was younger. I really did. And I found that I really didn't know everything I thought I knew until I learned more, I read more, I talked more. And, and so I feel like our reality, it feels real in that moment, but it doesn't necessarily mean just because it's different from someone else. It's truly right. Yeah. And that's where I feel like if we could all kind of come from a place of that shade of gray to just be willing to see, you may not agree with how they do things. You may not agree with the way they feel, but to understand, okay, well, what made them feel that way? What made them think that that was okay when I'm so absolutely the opposite? And I just think it makes for a a better existence with people if we can try to see the good Uh, in who who they are. Yes, us and ourselves included. And and Mm -hmm. I keep, as you're talking, I keep thinking about that even for an exercise for myself. And I think I'm going to do this. So we're getting ready to go away on a trip with my family. And one of the things that we'll do is our traditional New Year's uh, goals. We used to call them goals and dreams, but I'm, I'm goals and desires, whatever. And I really drilled down and got a little more specific with what we're going to do and work on uh, this year as a family. But we're going to be talking about, yeah, what are these? What are I, I really want to look at? What are the things that we believe against ourselves that we're not capable of? What are the limits? And focus on that. The things that we think that we can do, great. So if my son, you know, thinks my my youngest son thinks he can be the next America Ninja Warrior winner, awesome. Go with that. What does he think he can't do? And let's talk about that. And I, I really wouldn't mind doing that for myself. I, I until this discussion, I haven't thought about it lately, but I know that I know that I know that I have subconscious even limiting beliefs about myself. Oh, sure. As we all do, right? But we don't sometimes aren't aware of it. You at least, you and I have the privilege of of being around all this personal development that we're more aware of it. But I think that's where sometimes these issues that people have, the black and white issues of, you know, different sides of the coin is because they're they're just so hung. They don't know that these are self-limiting beliefs yet. They just think that that's just the way it is. Well, and there you go, that that's just the way it is. Is it? I, yeah. You know what? This reminds me, I'm actually reading a great book right now. It's Mark Batterson's uh, Chase the Lion. Sure. It's so good. Yeah. And he makes a great uh, an, uh, analogy, and I'm going to paraphrase, but it was uh, talking about the Wright brothers and how that came to be that they flew, you know, the first aircraft. And, and it was just general... Uh, fact, right? Reality for the world that we could not take flight. I mean, it was just fact. And yet here, these two guys proved everyone wrong. And now we're all on the other side of the coin saying, well, absolutely air flight is possible or, you know, human flight 
I forget the exact word they use, but the, the taking flight was possible. Whereas so many years ago, only actually a hundred years ago, we were so adamant that it was not possible. So that's why I think I can come into that gray is just because you don't see that it is possible or you don't see that it, it works doesn't mean it can't. It just means based on your limited knowledge or what you know today. But I, I just love that analogy that what we think is reality may not be. I do too. And I got, I'll have to say Mark Batterson, folks, he's a great author to uh. check out. He had his, the first book, maybe his first book uh, was in a pit with it a was. lion on a snowy day. I, matter of fact, in my cabinet behind me, I think I have 20 of those. I bought those by the case and gave those things away. That was his first book. And of course he's written so many more, the circle maker and draw the circle. And, and this circle, this chase the line is actually, um, kind of a, a follow up to that first book, but, uh, highly recommend his books, but just, and you know what I like about them? They just give you a different perspective. Uh-huh. And that's really what this conversation is about. Reality for you is all, you know, but yes. if we could just have a different perspective, different strokes for different folks, doesn't mean just because you're right that they're wrong. Okay. So I'm going to hit on your Wright brothers talking about the Wright brothers. Uh, I got, I got something I want to, I really wanted to hit with this topic and I'll do that right after we thank a great sponsor of today's show. Okay, so so here's my lead-in to what you talked about with the Wright brothers. Jeshua says, uh, this is a guy on Facebook, he comments, he says, I think that there are some things that just can't be changed. God is God no matter what you think. Sin is sin. But I don't think you can say it's black and white. Life in a lot of ways is what you make of it. I'm in Africa right now meeting families that are so happy living in a 10 by 10 room, cooking outside, and let me tell you, it's hot here. But in America, I meet people that aren't happy if it takes too long to get food the restaurant with AC and Wi-Fi and comfortable chairs. Uh, you can just be someone who the world is out to get, or you could be someone who gets blessed every day. It just depends on what you're looking for. I think the people here prove that. You're talking about in Africa. Uh, because they have more right to say the world just didn't give them much luck. But when I ask them how their day is going, they say, I give thanks to God for everything. Mm. Obviously, big paradigm shift. I think we can all do that, count our blessings and look at those that are less fortunate and we should have more gratitude. So a big focus on, on gratitude. Obviously, what he says about God is God, sin is sin, that's uh, his, his faith perspective uh, that it is arguable for some. But I did want to ask, and this is going to bring me back to the Wright brothers, I, it got me thinking about absolute truths. And the one that I generally talk about when you get to hitting on black and white absolute truths is gravity. You know, if I jump off the top of my house, I got a really tall house, I'm going to get hurt. I mean, it's pretty much a barring God's <laughs> miracle, you know, and I would look at that as black and white. But what you brought up, the Wright brothers, yes. they did not take that limit and they, in a sense, defied it. And we've done it with airplanes, helicopters, hot air balloons. Now they've got all the Facebook or all the videos with the guy, the folks with the wingsuits and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so gravity exists. We know that gravity exists. And we can say it's a black and white, and yet they still did not let that limit us. And we all who get on a plane today, which will never cease to amaze me that that big chunk of metal can get up in the sky and we defied it. So again, when we look at a reality that we said, this reality in my life, my spouse died, that's a black and white. Okay. But what do we do about that? You know, I'm just making that up obviously, but what do we do about that? Does that limit us? Is it a black and white? Even if it is, yeah, that's, that's Zig's heart right there. What do we let limit us and why? 
Can we get that out on the table? And just again, so the concept gets me to think it's really difficult to say black and white. Right. It is. It really is. And not to, you know, for those that do believe that there's one way or, or the highway, but I just think that the more we can see, I, you know, the more we can be understanding of how other people think and that it's okay that they think differently. Different does not mean wrong, but it's, it's hard. It's really, really hard sometimes to do, but I think it would make for a just much happier existence and, and better relationships. And, and one thing, you know, I, I think, uh, uh, I don't know if it was Wendy or Jerry who said it, but, you know, bringing, bringing faith into the picture mm-hmm. and about love and really God does not call us to judge. That's mm-hmm. his job. So whether they're we're right or they're wrong or whoever, the end of the day calls us to love and love is really, I believe the shade of gray. I do too. So here's one and I'll have to keep calling him out. I'm so grateful. I'm honored. Okay. It's my dad, Dan Miller. Here he is. He posts again to this question. He says, I think our reality is 90% personal perception. Give a hundred people the same thing. You'll get a hundred different reactions. The exact same situations make one person happy, another sad. What one person sees as sin, another sees as reasonable choice. And so it goes on. You know, and it brings up the glass half empty or the half full issue and, and brings me back to, to gratitude. But, uh, well, here, here's, here's one that I got recently that's impacted me. Well, it still is. I have always believed myself to be an impatient person. I think I was told that as a kid and I, I, I tend to be, uh, I don't like to wait. I, the, uh, movie princess bride, uh, one of the lines <laughs> in there is I hate waiting and I, yeah. I, that's who I, that's how I feel. And that is who I perceive myself to be. Well, this came up in a conversation in the past 90 days. And it was, I think it was my wife. I don't know who else was there. And I mentioned this and they said, wait, 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 wait. You think that you're impatient? I said, yeah, I'm one of the most impatient people I've ever known. So honey, look at your life. So you've got a hundred children. Um, <laughs> and she says, I, I think you've become one of the most patient people I've ever experienced. Well, obviously I was grateful, but I really thought about it and thought, I, I get that. And I had some other people, uh, we talked about it and some friends say, oh my gosh, yeah, what you deal with it? I wouldn't deal with that. And, I, I, and it really has cha- it's changed. It's changing my spirit and how I view myself. And in looking at this conversation, I, I thought, okay, if I don't think of myself as such an impatient person and actually think of myself as a very patient person, what does that make possible? And I'm right there. I don't have an answer. I've not, I've not really dug in there, but what does that make possible that before I have not allowed to be possible? And of course, what can I take in that frame of mind on into other areas of myself that I have not given myself permission to partake of because I view myself with this limit? It's very much the placebo effect. If you think about it, and there Mm. have been studies done I don't know if it was Norman Vincent Peale who initially had this, or it could have been Zig. I, I don't recall where I read this, but it was the placebo effect of certain kids that were put into a classroom. The teacher told was told that every single one of these kids is extremely bright. Their their test scores are off the charts. They're brilliant. Oh, right. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. I, I don't remember where yes, I first yes, heard yes. this. Yeah, and and you know what? Every and and. And that was her reality. That's what she believed. And so therefore she treated them a certain way. She treated them like brilliant kids. And at the end of the year, each one of them, you know, had all these great successes. 
come to find out they were not the overachievers. In fact, they were the underachievers. So it's kind of like, you know, again, it's perception. If she thought they were the underachievers, would she have taught them the way she taught extreme brilliant kids? So it's that placebo effect. And I think the more we can be aware of that, that just opens up our mind that just because you think it doesn't mean it's right. And there's hope in that. Because if you think you're not smart, if maybe your whole life someone has said to you, you're dumb, dumb as a box of rocks, or Mm -hmm. you're never going to amount to anything. And you've believed it your whole life. That's your fact. That is your reality. It is black and white in your mind. But does it mean it's true? No. Give yourself a different perspective. Try, you know, like you did telling yourself you're patient instead of impatient. All of a sudden, does that open up? Do you make choices differently? Yes. If you go into life thinking you're not smart, you're not going to work very hard in school. You're not going to apply for college. But if you go in with a different mindset. So I don't know, Kevin, everything keeps coming back to that mindset and, and what we really choose to do with our thoughts. Well, what you just said brings me to uh, with, I, it is that analogy. I read that story before too. the teacher who was given a, a perspective of these kids, true or false. And she then acted on that. It became true expectations, which makes me think of the self-talk cards, Zig's self-talk cards, which folks you can get at Ziggler.com slash self-talk. And they are these affirmations of, you know, for me, it would be Kevin, you are a patient man, which is hard for me. Or, or this is one that he actually talks about in a talk that he did where a guy said, said this and it was, you know, Bob, Bob, you are punctual. And it hit him about how not punctual he was. And yet he continued to do this. And I like to think of it as a as prophesying over myself in a sense, but, or to what, but again, to your story, setting the expectations of, can I change the expectations of myself and therefore my behavior and therefore my results? I think it's easy for us to talk about doing that, like for our kids, change the expectation, call them up to something, but can we do that for ourselves? I think it's the hardest thing to do and yet the most powerful. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, everything is a choice. Yeah. That's the beauty of life and the curse of it in a way, because if you're not getting the results you want, it may be because of the choices you're making. But the best news is, is you can change, you can change, as Zig would say, you can change what you are and who you are or where you are by changing what goes into your mind. Yeah. And we all have that choice. Yes. Uh, well, here's another one. Karen, she says, I believe it's a combination. There are many factors that go into reality. And depending on what you know, whether you are an overthinker and how you respond to reality, it determines how it really is for you. As someone said, facts are facts. Meaning if someone loses their house, the fact is that their house is gone. One person's reality may be they have been given a chance for a great adventure, while another person's reality may be that they are being punished somehow and are a victim of their circumstances. Which again brings me brings us back to you know belief and faith. Belief and faith has so much. I mean, you just talked about choices, and I don't. I, I was thinking about that that it's hard to make a choice beyond what my level of belief is, and so I'm drawn back to changing my beliefs. Again, we just talked about Zig self talk cards. Can we change the belief, the expectation we have for ourselves? And if we can do that, it will help us to make that different, better choice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's big. Well, Hey, Tony here says reality may be fact, but I believe it's larger than any one of us with only a glimpse of reality. We have, we have a lot to interpret and experience. So I think it can also be what we make of it. Nobody has all 
the facts. I, I like just that, Michelle. You spoke to that a minute ago, and I was thinking about it, of we just, we know what we know. So how can we say that this is reality when it's impossible for us to be God, to be omniscient, to know it all? It's the holiday time. We always watch Lord of the Rings. My family does. And we <laughs> love the character of Gandalf. You know, he's the the wise, the, the, the wizard. You know, he knows. In a sense, we give him that perspective of a God, of an omniscient thing. And yet he is so quick to go, hmm, I have no idea what to do now. I don't know what to do. And I'm scared and I'm fallible. And, and uh, you know, even he does not have all the facts. That seems simple enough to get us beyond how can it be black and white when there's no way for us to be all knowing. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great analogy. Wow. Well, it takes some of the pressure off, I think. Uh, well, David here says, I remember thinking the world was black and white. My world was tiny. It was easy for me to judge people who were poor or needy as getting what they deserved for the bad choices they made. Everyone doesn't have the same choices. I really don't have all the information. There are no simple answers. I've learned that some things aren't as black and white as I was told. When it comes to faith, I've read... Uh, that all the law and prophets are fulfilled by a loving God with all my heart. I, I believe that with all my, my uh, heart, soul, mind, and strength, and that I show my love for God. Uh, who can I, who, who I can see by loving my neighbor as myself, my world is much larger now and full of opportunities. I mean, again, we're going back and forth between talking about ourselves and what we believe about ourselves and, and that perspective, that reality, that black and white, and then also how we view It's interesting to me. I didn't, I didn't intend for this, how much focus was given to the reality that we may experience from somebody else and giving grace and acceptance for that, which then by proxy changes our reality as well. But that's a, that's a bent that I wasn't looking for in this discussion that has really that's come I out. Love, that's why I love when we pose these questions out there because so there are so many different thoughts on the exact same topic. Like your dad said, you ask a hundred people, you're going to get a hundred different answers. And I love, love, love hearing all the different answers because everyone is right in their own way, in mm -hmm. their own world. And we just have to see that. Okay, I got one more then that brings up another another piece that will add to this. Uh, Tony says that people base their decisions on the available knowledge of the time that they have at the time and usually choose the route of self-preservation. Boom. When I so get limiting limiting thoughts, and I thought, how often then that's a great perspective, do we do that? out of self-preservation that maybe we could consider a different reality, a, a bigger picture, an alternative, but it is scary. It has risk in it. It's easier to accept that limiting belief. Go back to talking about gravity and who but the Wright brothers wanted to try to take a big tin can up into the air. That's kind of scary and would have some bad downside if they fail horrifically. So that, how much, so I guess that's a question for us, how much of our reality and especially on the limiting belief side of our reality that we see we more eagerly embrace because of self-preservation? Uh, you know, that's actually a very good point. And if I think about my own life, I think back to the time before I wrote my first book, when I was in a miserable job, I was so unhappy. And yet I had the choice to, to make change, but I didn't. And in my heart, I knew I needed to write a book, but I kept negative beliefs, telling myself, you know, who do you think you are? You're no Zig Ziglar. Who would want to read your book? And that was a little bit of my self-preservation because it made, it kept me where I was and comfort 
you know, change is not comfortable. And so that I was preserving myself, but the reality was, and I kept saying, you know, you're not a writer, you have nothing to say, but that wasn't facts because I actually then had something to say and I did it. And then my reality changed. So I really like that self-preservation because in the end, a lot of the choices we make, it's to keep ourselves comfortable Mm -hmm. or or not even that we want to be comfortable. We just don't want to go after the unknown because the unknown is very, very scary. It is. And this is something that came to me really as I embraced the the personal development industry and that pursuit and that world was that we have some people who are highly confident, maybe overconfident and uh, arrogant even, and they're going to go after something because they think that they are superheroes. Okay. Then, then when on the other side, and this is what really brought the issue to mind, we have people who just don't know any better than to try something because it happened. There was one person in particular who I'll never name uh, and the least likely person to succeed in my eyes. And the guy didn't know any better uh, than to think he, you know, he couldn't do it. And he did it. The guy achieved some significant things and it really uh, challenged my perspective. Well, in the middle then of those two extremes, are the people that I perceive, and again, this was in the realm of personal development, aspiring people, but even there, the people in the middle are the people that maybe next to the norm are a little more self-aware. And they, I saw, were the mo- me included, are the most prone to discount themselves because they can poke holes in it. And I, and it just, it really kind of hit me that we in the middle of this, the ones that, uh, you know, have, have lots of privilege and not a whole lot of suffering are the most prone to not do much because we don't have the pressures. And that's why we see the, you know, so many, this is Zig's story. So many of the CEOs and high powered executives and influencers of our world come from pretty hard circumstances where they learn. And we had a good talk with Tom Ziegler once on this. Uh, and his perspective is they learned that life was not all about them and they learned to overcome, mm. you know, some things. Now, on the other side of that, we have people who are overcome by those things. But again, it's those folks in the middle, which I would say most of us are, that are maybe more in jeopardy of not doing a whole lot because we're self-aware and we can poke holes in why we, you know, may fail at that or why that won't work. And we do nothing. Um, so I... Th- don't be that person, huh? So there's- <laughs> the good news is there's hope for all of us, and we can learn from those stories you were just talking about. But if they can do it, we can do it. Yes, yes. Well, hey, folks, thank you as always for posting these. Yeah, Michelle, I love what you said that this, posting these questions on Facebook is uh, it brings perspective that I never would have come to otherwise and lets us harness the, the brilliance and the insight of everybody. So uh, thank you immensely for doing that, Michelle. Always a gift and a joy to do this with you. So, hey, folks, are you thinking differently now about your reality? I hope you are and are further in considering that you can change your reality and therefore your results by believing that you have control, that you don't know everything, that there is more to the issue than what you may see in black and white. Hey, if you got value here, please let us know by leaving a rating and review in iTunes. It's the best way to thank us. And if you want to be a part of these discussions, you can find me on Facebook at agentkmiller.com. Well, coming up in show 528, we bring you Rich Roll. You may know him from his top 
ranked podcast, the Rich Roll Podcast. Rich is a world-renowned plant-based ultra-endurance athlete, an in-demand public speaker, wellness advocate, best-selling author, and just an inspiration to a global audience of wellness seekers as a transformative example of courageous and healthy living. After succumbing, here's his testimony, after succumbing to the sedentary throes of overweight middle age, at the age of 40, Rich made a decision to overhaul his life, adopting a plant-based diet and reinventing himself as an ultra-distance endurance athlete. Just a few years later, he really stunned the multi-sport community with top finishes at the Ultraman World Championships. It's a 320-mile, three-day double Ironman distance triathlon, widely considered one of the most grueling endurance events on the planet the point here folks is not for you to become plant-based or to go run a zillion miles the point is finding somebody here he was age 40 a just regular sedentary person and he made a dramatic life change how can we take that message for our own changes that we wish to make so that's what you got to look forward to uh you'll get massively inspired on what's what's possible for you from this show well hey until then Thank you, as always, for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.